I'm also concerned about how... (laughs) We can cut this, maybe. I'm also concerned about how high up vagina was on that list. (laughs) Yeah, ovary and cervix are like four or five. I think we have to keep that one. (laughs) That's hilarious. Welcome to Not Yet a Doctor, the podcast where we get into heated discussions and try and trip each other up. My name is Alistair, and I have my PhD in chemistry from Queen's University. I'm Om, and I'm wrapping up my PhD from McGill University. And I'm Sienna, and I'm getting my PhD at McGill University in neuroscience. And we are the PhD three, some to be. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Today... I have a super exciting episode uh, for you guys. It has twists, turns, highs, lows. Um, it's going to be like a Katy Perry song. We're going to be hot and we're going to be cold. I know. Um, I love. I, know I just it. hope we're not going to be over time. That's the only thing. But we'll see. I have stuff to cut if it gets too long. But okay. Today we are going to be talking about the chemistry and the biochemistry of spice. Woohoo! And so I wanted to start you guys off uh, by asking, do you like spicy foods? I love them. Me too. Yeah. They're just bad for yeah, me. I like spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt me later. <laughs> well, we talked about that in the episode about taste. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I also like spicy foods. I've actually grown to like spicy foods a bit more um, as I started to cook more for myself and like yeah. add a few chili flakes here and there. Um, so, <laughs> I thought it would be fun to try something with you guys on air live well not live, but <laughs> while live we're recording on live on air it's saturday night <laughs> yeah it's a thursday afternoon um i wanted to try a little experiment with you guys so i've asked you to bring some red pepper flakes mm-hmm. and a remedy of your choice and so we're gonna go one by one and uh, get our mouths all nice and hot with some chili flakes and then see if our remedy works <laughs> at cooling it down Mm-hmm. Okay, so first, um, I'd like us to go around and explain our remedies and why we've chosen them, and then I'll explain how we're going to do this little experiment. Okay, so why don't um, um, you go first? What have you brought? I have brought a banana. <laughs> okay. Why did I choose a banana? It's, it's, it is in-depth uh, compl- uh, explanation. My bread was stale, and number two, I just felt like the banana would coat my mouth and retrieve the spice uh, away from my uh, mouth. Thank you. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> if, if you want to give, you can go as in-depth as you want, because we're going to dive into the science how of how spice works. So if you know uh, a little bit more, I'll put it, explain. Okay, I'll, I'll say this, and this probably is complete rubbish. Uh, I know bananas have lots of sugar and cellulose, okay, I'm guessing, you know, from like the strings. I don't know if that's that's actually true. I've never examined the... Yeah, I think it's accurate, sure. and because yeah. of that, that may be sticky, I imagine, uh, and maybe we'll do like an, a sort of emulsion situation and pull <laughs> the, the chili flakes out of my mouth. That's Very my, okay. it's my I PhD like it. thesis. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Okay. Publish that. It's yeah. ready to go. <laughs> Sienna, what have you brought to kill the spice? I have brought the timeless classic, milk. The reason mm. why I've brought it... <laughs> is because um, I know that that's what you use at protests if you get pepper spray in your eyes. And all my life I've been told that milk is good at um, getting rid of the spicy feeling. And the why that is, I don't know for sure, but I think it is because there's a lot of proteins in milk that bind to and block the binding of the spicy molecule to my receptors and i think this because i do western blots and in order to block binding of non-specific things to my western blot i put them in milk true really yeah that's true interesting so and this is my logic <laughs> proteins in the milk okay yeah and it's the proteins in the milk that block the western blot mm-hmm. yeah binding. it coats it in protein that prevents 
things from kind of like binding non-specifically. Although I do know that the molecule binds quite specifically, so maybe it's not as able to do that. But I'm also—I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe the pro- okay. maybe the no. proteins also bind the molecule and keep it away from binding my mouth. Who's who's to this say? This is this is a very maybe interesting. You'll say later. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm 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 uh, intrigued because I think a lot of people would choose milk or milk-like substances to kill heat yes. because of the fat content. Um, okay. But we'll talk about that maybe in a minute when I tell you about the compound involved in heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought a water bottle full of a lovely solution that I just made of sugar water, uh, okay. raspberry flavored sugar water. Um, and the reason I brought it is because I researched for this episode. And so <laughs> I think I know exactly what to use. To kill so it's the sugars in milk is what I'm hearing. Well, so hmm. <laughs> we here's how this experiment's going to work. Um, and I don't know how well it's going to work for podcast listeners. So you know what? Hope you enjoy. This is like an ASMR food eating challenge. We do a lot of that um, apparently. These days. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. Uh, we're going to get like a, a teaspoon worth of peppers and put them in our mouth and Are move we them around, a crunch them. No, about a teaspoon. I want you to... Take as much as you know will make your mouth hot. If you think that's more than a teaspoon, take more. If you think it's less than a teaspoon, take less. This is why I'm kind of normalizing for our own spice levels. But I want you to make sure that your mouth is, like, on fire but not painfully burning. Don't hurt yourself. And then describe the sensation as the pepper. You're, you're macerating the peppers around in your mouth. Um, preferably swallow them, but if you want to spit them out, I'm not here to judge you. Um... <laughs> And then once you need relief from the heat, use your remedy and explain as objectively as possible, we're all scientists here, <laughs> what the sensation is like. So I'm not doing a randomized double-blind control trial. I just want us to you like try our remedies and explain mm-hmm. this is what I'm feeling, this is what's working, this is what isn't. Anecdotal evidence to. is great evidence. <laughs> it is, it's, I'm not discounting anecdotal evidence, but this is not a randomized double-blind control st- study. Nobody ever know. thought it was. We have three participants. <laughs> yeah, I promise you. <laughs> hey, it's statistically significant. We have an N of three. And not, not for each group. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> nice All right, um, do you have? Do either of you want to go first, or? I mean, I could go first as well. I, I didn't think that was. I'm nervous, I so I kind of want to go first. <laughs> go for it. All okay. right, Sienna, you go first. Okay. So take the peppers, explain the heat sensation, and then take your remedy when you want and explain. I've never eaten like raw chili flakes before, <laughs> so I actually don't know how many it'll take to get my mouth hot. I tried, I tried like a good, a good little handful, like about a, a teaspoon. And you're gonna want to, cause they're dried, so you're gonna want to like swish them around a yeah. little bit and crunch them to break yeah. them, cause other, if you just swallow them, you're not gonna get the effect. So. No, I know. Okay, so here I go. I've got a little pile in the middle of my hand. I'm going to try and get it all in my mouth without spilling too much, but they're pretty dry. Okay. Okay, that's already very spicy. Mine are very powdery because they are very old. Mm -hmm. So I think there's like a lot of already broken down. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my tongue is feeling kind of hot. Mm-hmm. It's not as unbearable as I thought it would be. Oh, I just swallowed some, and now that's kind of um, unpleasant. Okay. Because now the back of my yeah. throat is quite hot. I'm not yeah. crying, don't worry. I just sound like it. Um, mm-hmm. But I might be soon. Uh, the roof of my mouth is hot. Honestly, my tongue is like a bearable amount of hot. I think my tongue is like used to this, but it's really the throat where it gets you, you know? That's like the most unpleasant mm. part. Um, okay. Well, I'm just going to finish chewing and swallowing, and then I'm going to try my remedy. Okay. Good. So I pretty much <coughs> cleared it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, my mouth is pretty hot, but to be fair, not unbearably so. I could bear this, but I don't want to. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to take a swig of milk for the listeners. And honestly, that was like instant relief while it was on my tongue, but now the heat's coming back. Okay. So I might have to take another swig. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. Swishing the milk around? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making sure it gets all, all mm-hmm. into your mouth. So it pretty much only provides relief while the milk is actually in my mouth, it turns out. Which is actually pretty mm-hmm. in line with like what I know about it, is that you're supposed to just keep pouring it on um, pepper sprayed eyes for quite, quite a while. Uh-huh. Probably like a gallon of milk. Um, but yeah, my tongue gets pretty hot right again after. So uh, your mouth is still quite hot. My tongue is still quite hot. My throat and roof of my mouth have calmed down a lot. My tongue's actually gotten a bit hotter, in fact. Hmm. Um, so... We might lose the tongue. I don't know. The... <laughs> might have to amputate. Yeah, it's might, gotta might go. <laughs> but the milk feels so good. I'll be honest. Like, it just, it feels it's... great. It's cooling. It just, like, completely removes the sensation of spice uh, until I swallow. And uh, then we're back. So this might be okay. a long-term problem. Is is your milk chilled? Like, it's it's from the, I mean, who drinks warm milk? But <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not um, room temperature. Uh, okay. But it's not freshly out of the fridge. I okay. would say it's probably, so probably around 10 degrees, 15 degrees. Okay, 15 is quite warm for milk. I, but okay. But it's been out of the fridge for like half an hour. I guess room temperature is 25. Okay, okay. great. Thank you, Sienna. Um, we'll we'll leave you to finish <laughs> your glass of milk and, and cool down. Om, um, I Suffer think you're alone. up next. Yes, uh, Sienna's made this seem very appetizing. Uh, <laughs> I do my best. I'm excited. I'm, uh, just for the viewers, uh, for those interested, I'm doing a body up brand, crushed red pepper, pimentia roja. <clears throat> Not sponsored. Not sponsored. If they want to sponsor us. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking it out of the cap like a shot. <laughs> All right. I'm switching the tip of my tongue, very hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of boring right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. But, oh, there it is. A little swallow <laughs> and a little fight back if it's fighting me. Mm. So it's a struggle. You're fighting yeah. with the heat. Exactly. The back of my throat is hot. My tongue is getting hot. As mm. I speak, it lies down and it heats the area that it lies down on. Mm. Wow. Very um, poetic. Thank you. <laughs> salivating a little I think I'm just hungry it's really good it's really good I love yeah. I love the taste of uh, red, red pepper flakes how would how would you rate your heat level right now on a scale of zero being nothing to ten being unbearable I would say like a six we're hot okay. we're here okay alright All right. we've entered the roof of my mouth is now hot mm-hmm. is it, it and it's increasing still it's increasing it's I think it's just taking it's making or, itself uh, making itself at home Okay. Mm. Okay. So really my mouth, it's, uh, exactly. It's tingling. The front of my tongue tingling. Mm-hmm. Starting to I'm, hang pictures mm-hmm. on the walls. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really the front of my mouth. Okay. Okay. So now I'm gonna crack o- crack open the banana. <laughs> Interesting. You picked that side to open. I know there's controversy over which side is the better side. To but open. we're not gonna sure, tell the listeners but... which side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's the banana opening. We'll, we'll check the audio later. <laughs> All right. When did we become an ASMR exactly. podcast? That's what I so I'll, I'm taking a little tip of the banana. Mm-hmm. I'm mushing it in my mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's helping momentarily. It's, it's very similar to what Sienna said. When it's there, it's good. When it's gone, <laughs> it's really gone. And yeah. is, is the level back, when it's gone, is the level back to the same or is it... Hmm. Let me try again. <laughs> it's a little bit better. It's getting better. Okay. Oh, it's worse. <laughs> so the, and, oh, no. and this that's is what the I went through with the milk. <laughs> yeah, that's the right. It, like, it gets better for a second, and then it's like, no, I'm not done with you. <laughs> How okay. dare you try and evict me? <laughs> but it's good. I like it. I'm not against this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Spicy bananas. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely just up and down. And it might also be that, like, I'm creating a new low for myself. Like, mm. I'm like, oh, there's relief. Mm. And then I don't know if it's getting better. This would be, this might be where anecdotes fail. Because from my perspective, every time it comes back, it's like, it's just more traumatic. Mm. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's getting better. Okay. It is getting better. Okay. That's okay. good. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you for participating in science. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's my turn now. My mouth is still um, hot. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to be able to finish this episode because our mouths are going to be on fire. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a nice, healthy dash. Oh, my God. 
Show us the camera. Nice. Show us. Show us. Nice healthy dash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's acceptable. Cool. Acceptable now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try and get all these in my mouth and not all over my sweater. Okay. And down the hatch. Mm-hmm. Crunch, oh, crunch, bitter. crunch. Bitter. Mm. Yeah, I think mine are stale. Oh, Ew. no. Oh. So I can feel... I can warm it up. Oh, yeah. Roof. Oh, they're everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, God. The pepper... Fl- <coughs> your face is going red his face is going red for listeners my face is going red i can feel the heat it's mainly at the sides of my tongue okay interesting Mm. we got the tip of the tongue for um sides of tongue for Mm -hmm. alistair mine was middle of tongue interesting Mm. and it's it's definitely i mean i I think i swallowed a good majority of those pepper flakes ignoring my ignoring my own advice that was a great noise yeah um yeah so it's hot it's okay. it's warm in here. It's like a nice crackling fire on a <clears throat> cold winter's day. That sounds cozy. Um, Love that. Yeah, it's cozy in my mouth, but it's also <laughs> a little, like it's a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, you um, didn't want your mouth to be the fireplace, I guess. No, no, exactly. It's like when you sit so close to the fire that it burns, but you kind of like yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think we're gonna we're gonna um hit that sugar water. Try, yeah, we're gonna try the sugar water. Um, now, I tried to cool this down, but turns out when you make something half an hour before you record a podcast episode, it doesn't cool in the fridge as fast as you hope it would. So, right. It's like tepid sugar water. And, oh. Um, yeah, no, that sip did nothing. Let's try again. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's um, tasty. Uh, uh... <laughs> what about the spice? Tell us about the spice. Mm, okay. <laughs> the spice is still there. Um, it definitely is less, but I think that's just, it's less when I started drinking this. Mm-hmm. It's still about the same level. And I'm does it help when Sienna... it's in your mouth? Um, yes. It doesn't make it worse. I'm going to try the Sienna Swish. License mm-hmm. treatment. Patent pending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so... That worked a lot better, also because I hit a bit of it that's cold, <laughs> and so the cooling, cooling, uh, the stuff on the top, mechanical hot, properties. You know, density. I should actually mix it. Oh. Mm. Okay, we took too mm-hmm. big of a gulp there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that actually, that's worked well. I think it's, now nah, it's back. It's mm. the same thing as you guys experience. Right. As soon as it's out of your mouth, the, the heat comes back. This is why I'm telling you. I think you have to use, like, quite a volume of liquid to really mm-hmm. get her done. Mm-hmm. I should have gone first, because now I have to host the rest of this episode with burning hot mouth. We're here for you. But, um, okay. We're all in the same so, boat. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for participating in this uh, experiment with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Pleasure, really. I'm. Was it? I'm. Yeah. No. <laughs> I hope that was fun for our listeners to listen through, and uh, maybe you can try along at home. Yeah. Uh, so, the primary compound, the chemical compound that's responsible for this heat that we all felt in our mouths, mm-hmm. is called capsaicin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or it's also formally known as 8-methyl-N-vanyl-6-nonamide. I'm not going to be calling it that mm. for the rest of the episode, but I wanted to throw in the chemistry name because. There are chemists that listen to this podcast, I'm sure of it. Right. And you so, keep capsaicin, I will keep believing until <laughs> there are none. No chemists left. Um, capsaicin is a hydrophobic, colorless, waxy solid compound that is the active component of chili peppers and other hot peppers. So, Sienna, this is why I thought it was interesting that you brought up the proteins in milk and not the fat in milk, because... Capsaicin is hydrophobic, and so a lot of oh. home remedies for spicy foods talk about oils as useful things at uh, combating the heat. Makes sense. Um, and so a lot of people will choose milk or yogurt because it has it, it's high in fat content yeah. and can dissolve the uh, capsaicin in it. Uh, this is also why other things like just drinking cold water doesn't work because it's hydrophobic, so it doesn't actually... Yeah. Wash away. Yeah, I just said the protein thing because of the Western blots. Right. Mm. In fact, <laughs> I thought that was a very interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to add for the Western blot, you, we have to use non-fat milk. So it's just to double yeah. down on on the idea. Yeah, yeah we use skim milk. <laughs> skim pure... milk powder, yeah. in fact. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Carnation brand. I have a <laughs> not sponsored, but 
not sponsored, yeah. but in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are a lot of uh, ways. No, wait, I'm not going to frame it like that because there are not a lot of ways. Um, one of the ways that we measure, one of the ways that we can measure the heat of a pepper a is using something called the Scoville scale. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've heard of the Scoville scale? Yes. Wasn't there a man named Scoville? There was the Wilbur Scoville. Did he, tr- yes. and he tried all the peppers. Yeah. Yeah. So back in 1912, um, Wilbur Scoville, I don't know why, but he wanted to rate the pungency of chili peppers. And so he developed a system where a panel of five trained testers wow. would drink solutions of a pepper uh, at decreasing concentrations. And then once a majority couldn't detect the heat in the solution, that dilution level was recorded and reported as a multiple of 100 Scoville heat units, or SHUs. Okay. And so it was this way of standardizing the heat from peppers by having people who were trained in heat Mm. flavoring stuff, kind of like sommeliers, but for chili peppers, (laughs) um, testing dilutions. Question. Yes. Did they only use one pepper per species, or did they do like multiple peppers? Per so species? they would do. So they would be testing a pepper, and they would take the dried pepper, dilute it in alcohol, I think, and then dilute that into water in different levels, and have the testers taste down. And they did so that for like, each pepper. They for didn't pepper. measure the extraction efficiency for each pepper, nor did they consider variations among the same species of pepper yeah for me as a biochemist i'm like there's also like an upper limit for activation so it's you know you can dilute it all you want but there might be a point where like it's always it's, it's always hot until it's not for some people yeah. mm. mm-hmm. these are these are very good points i was going to ask you guys if you can see any flaws with yeah. <laughs> the scoville the original Scoville method for um, determining the heat of peppers. And you totally touched on ones I didn't even think of, Sienna, the fact that um, you're not measuring extraction efficiency. Um, but also another big one is that um, you can get sensory fatigue. So if you are testing many, many mm. peppers over the course of a day, <laughs> I don't know what kind of refractory period there was in between tests, but there is desensitization of the palate that can happen. We got to um, just, and, you know... The replication crisis is a problem. We gotta replicate this. <laughs> well, yeah. the standard deviations of this method, this original method, could be as high as fifty percent between laboratories. Holy so, cow! So like, really high standard deviation. Um, so, um, <laughs> a better That's method spicy. was adopted. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that spicy standard deviations. <laughs> um, so, a better method was adopted. But one of the big advantages of the Scoville method is that it measures all of the capsaicinoids as a whole. Capsaicin is just mm. one. It's the major component in chili peppers, but there are actually like 12 or so um, capsaicinoids wow. that make up yeah. the flavor and spice profile of a pepper. So is um, that why so... spices, spicy can mm-hmm. taste different mm-hmm. or feel different? Yeah. Because I've always wondered yeah. why spicy can taste and feel different. <laughs> yeah, there's some just like that aggressive spice that's just tasteless yeah. and hurts, and there's like some that have like some finesse to it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. some that like build, and some that are like right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's because of the different capsaicinoids and their different wow. properties. So in the 1980s, um, a more analytical approach was adopted mm-hmm. for SHUs, Scoville heat units. And they used high-performance liquid chromatography. Ah, the con- here it comes. We love We all HPLC. knew it was coming. <laughs> we all love. I just can't. If Alistair does an episode without chromatography, I'm going to be worried. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they would do again extractions of these chili peppers, but then measure the level of capsaicin mm-hmm. in parts per million. Mm-hmm. And so you can convert from parts per million of capsaicin to a Scoville heat unit by multiplying by sixteen, but. Um, a few years into using this process, they realized that there are other capsaicinoids that make yeah. up the heat profile of a pepper. So um, in the ni- uh, later 1980s, they included the lesser capsaicinoid of dihydrocapsaicin into the calculation okay. um, to create what's called the parts per million of heat, or PPMH. Hmm. And so that can be multiplied by 15 to get the SHU. 
So most people and places and manufacturers still use Scoville heat units, mm -hmm. but they do it through uh, this PPMH measurement and then wow. just convert it to the Scoville heat unit. Okay. Yeah. So um, Scoville heat units also are not without other issues just as a ranking system. Um, they're based on their dry weight measurements. So the water content of a pepper uh, compared to maybe a hot sauce can have a difference on the pungency of the actual heat. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and water contents uh, between different, or even just variation between the cultivars and the growing conditions can yeah. affect the particular peppers that are grown, the particular plants. So there is a significant uh, variation in the Scoville heat units um, in the peppers that I'm about to talk about. And so this is why there's such a big variation is because the system of measurement has kind of large room for error. I feel like as much as I admire Wilbur Scoville and his goal to determine heat of peppers and that he was the first person to do this systematically, I'm assuming that was recorded and put into Western literature. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I wish we had a more fun name for the scale, like heatums or sweat units or just sweat units. literally anything else that's more uh, fun and descriptive. Well, you know what, Sienna? I'm going to refer to these as SHUs for the rest of the podcast, but you can think of that as sweaty heat units. Thank you. I will. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> big win for Sienna today. <laughs> sweaty or sweaty hot units. How about sweaty that? Sweaty hot. I love it. See, this is already sweaty better. Hot We've improved units. the system already. Mm -hmm. All right. So the big question that I know you're both asking me without actually and, asking and it, me Sorry, is... can we just go back to the sweaty hot units? <laughs> of course. It could be a measure of how sweaty hot it makes you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There you go. You, you, you measure how I've got, much I got five sweaty and... hots out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sorry, carry on. Unfortunately, well, I mean, we're talking going to be orders of magnitude bigger than five, let me tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the hottest pepper in the world, uh, currently, uh, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, is the Carolina Reaper pepper. Yes. Which has 1.4 million yep. to 2.2 million SHUs. That's insane. Yes. Sweaty hot units. Yes. Very sweaty, very hot. There are <laughs> reportedly hotter peppers, like mm -hmm. Dragon's Breath and Pepper X. Pepper but X. these don't have certified record-holding titles yet. So That's an X-Man not... pepper. <laughs> yeah. A mutant. And, well, Dragon's Breath is apparently 2.46 million. Wow. And... Uh, Pepper X clocks in at 3.18 million SHUs. So how much is like a it, if it if it hmm? how much is a, a jalapeno? So yes, so that is the next question. Is <laughs> the hottest pepper in the world is 3.18 million if you're gonna go unofficial and uh, 2.2 yeah. million if you're gonna go official? But what does that mean? Yeah. Well, a bell pepper is between zero to 100 SHUs. Okay. A jalapeno pepper peppery. is between, well, some can be, and like pimento peppers. We're talking if like, if you break it down and measure it, like, what's, what it's got in it, it's got. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to have. It's that number divided by 16. Right? I was Time thinking 16. of like 16, Wilbur Scoville trying a bell pepper and being like, whew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the start? Um, <laughs> this is the start. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred. I'm gonna make it a hundred. Nothing could be hotter yeah. than this. <laughs> Not pepper. Too hot. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, Sienna, a jalapeno pepper is between twenty five hundred to ten thousand SHUs. So, you know, That's getting 10, hotter. Uh, the peppers that we just tried, uh, oh, yeah, probably red pepper. Red pepper flakes are mostly cayenne peppers. Yeah, which are around twenty five thousand to fifty thousand. Okay. What? Okay. We're not even... Okay. I mean... Okay. What about okay. a Piri Piri? What about a, a Thai chili piri? pepper? I'm sorry. Do you have the pepper? list of all of the peppers in front have... of you with all of the <laughs> sweaty hot units? Because I'm going to need those. <laughs> Sienna, you're asking a lot of me. I do have it in front of me. I just need to find it. I didn't write down every pepper known to man. Um, Come on, Alistair. You, you know a... me. <laughs> sorry. A Thai chili pepper... Is between fifty to a hundred thousand, so a little bit a hotter than cayenne pepper, okay. but not as hot as like the habanero chili, which is a hundred thousand. 
Wow. So the hottest peppers in the world are about a hundred times more hot than the peppers we just tried. Oh. So that's just something to consider. Um, a little and if you're curious, if you're curious, uh, pure capsaicin has an SHU of around 16 million. So that's kind of the upper limit is 16 million. You can't really get anything in a pepper that's hotter than that. Um, Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> how how about okay. like have they ever tested are there any places that do like extra hot buffalo wings and how hot are those? <laughs> I, guess, I guess the question is like what's in the base, right? So like, yeah. the sauce. So often often hot sauces that are, you know, reportedly okay. super hot will report their Scoville heat unit rating. And I believe it is a measurement of the hot sauces capsaicin. Okay amount or capsaicinoid amount um so you're telling me to just go look in my fridge and stop asking you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did not look up tabasco and all hot sauces under the sun to see what their shus are okay um but probably similar to the peppers they're made from and yeah. so i would wager a guess at around a hundred thousand shus okay. just throwing out a number for you to cool. satisfy you <laughs> um but also you can measure other things in Scoville heat units, um, like other toxins and oh. pepper sprays and stuff. Oh. Um, and those can be higher than 60 million because you're kind of back calculating onto a capsaicin scale, a capsaicinoid calculation. But okay. we're focusing on capsaicin today. We're so focusing are pepper on... sprays not made from capsaicin? What are they made from? Many of them do have capsaicin in them, okay. but there's also some toxins that are released by certain spiders and certain cacti oh, yeah, okay. that use capsaicin that are like way hotter wow. than, like one of them is like three billion. I think. <gasps> Hold on, scary. Uh, Sixteen billion Scoville heat units for resinifera toxin, mm. which is a chemical in resin spurge, a cactus-like plant. So won't be having that for dinner. Yeah, you don't don't want to touch that. Um, that cactus is, is not friendly. That's what I no. learned today. Some <laughs> cactuses do not want you to shake their hand. <laughs> and so with these very, very hot peppers that exist, and hot cacti that exist <laughs> out in the world, um, how can we combat the onslaught of hotter and hotter peppers that are being produced? Well, Why I do dove we into to? the literature... Hmm? Why do we want to? Let them come. You you want to burn your mouth off with hotter and hotter chili peppers? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this has been Not Yet a Doctor. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm sorry to say I'm on the other side of this one. <laughs> Let's combat this, <laughs> please. <laughs> so I thought, given the fact that it's kind of... I think in every culture that has spicy foods there's ways to combat it mm-hmm. um i thought there would be some research into this and there was actually very little peer-reviewed literature that i found into um. the effectiveness of remedies for cooling the heat of spicy foods and you think um, like and so hmm? you'd think like given that a lot of western science is done by white people we would have <laughs> wanted to figure that out yeah <laughs> yeah really yeah, it's, I guess I guess I, I our solution know. has just been to not eat spicy food. Exactly. Well, yeah. Just stop at the pepper, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> the bell peppers, <laughs> the bell peppers <laughs> man, they're too hot. <laughs> Can't imagine anything hotter than that. Okay, yeah. um, so not I a lot, there, but we're you found some research. I found some. There has been a lot of research into therapeutic applications for capsaicin. Cool. So I think a lot of the research has been focused on therapies or capsaicin as you know health remedies and and these kinds of things okay um but nothing that really focuses on when i eat something that's hot how do i stop my mouth from burning yeah um but i did find two journal articles that informed my choice of my burn cooling remedy Mm -hmm. and so these articles were putting out the fire efficacy of common beverages in reducing oral burn from capsaicin by Alyssa Nolden, Gabrielle Leonard, and John Hayes, published in Physiology and Behavior in 2019. Okay. And the other one was Temporal Effectiveness of Mouth Rinsing on Capsaicin Mouthburn by Christina Narasawi and Rose Pangborn, also in Physiology and Behavior, but published in 1990. 
I feel like we so, just learned about the temporal efficacy of it in our little yeah. experiment. <laughs> yeah, well... A little bit. But would you like to... I would like to know describe... more. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to describe the temporal efficacy? Well, it would only work when it was in the mouth, and otherwise it probably would have taken a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, so, we'll talk about the first study first, the... Uh, efficacy of common beverages okay um and so this study had 72 participants uh rate the burn of spicy tomato juice every 10 seconds for two minutes and they trialed seven different beverages drinking it right after drinking the tomato juice okay so they tried skim milk whole milk seltzer water cherry kool-aid non-alcoholic beer cola and water and they first answered questions about how often they eat spicy foods and how much they like spicy foods mm-hmm and then they trialed the capsaicin and then did another trial with capsaicin and then one of the remedies and then they went through all the remedies Mm -hmm. and so uh i was actually informed by this study to try and find cherry kool-aid for my remedy uh and they don't sell cherry kool-aid anymore i don't know if it's just in my city or if it's just in canada or if cherry kool-aid went out of business but i could (laughs) not find any Mm, that's so so the repeatability of the study is questionable. So what kind of Kool-Aid did you get? I, I just made my own sugar water. Okay. <laughs> just dissolved sugar in water. Um, so their results found that all of the beverages reduced the burn, mm-hmm. but the largest reductions in the burn were observed for whole milk, skim milk, and Kool-Aid. Huh. And oh. so I'm going to share with you a little graph here. This is... So a cherry milkshake would be, like, optimal. That would be, like... A cherry milkshake would be a combination of all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this graph. (laughs) So, this graph, which will be on our social medias, and you can check out at notyetadr, Mm -hmm. everywhere that you socially media, (laughs) um, they found a significant difference for skim milk, Kool-Aid, and whole milk. Uh, but there was no significant difference between the whole milk and the skim milk. Yeah. And the reason the researchers uh, give for this is the milk protein casein Mm -hmm. is potentially more involved than just the fat content. So I think it's very interesting, Sienna, that in your description of why you chose milk, you did not say because of the fat content of milk, but because of the protein Mm -hmm. content. Yeah. Uh, Because that is what these researchers hypothesize, is that casein is actually responsible for reducing the effect of capsaicin also responsible for blocking my western blots so you know (laughs) two and one yeah Yeah. and so they say um more work is needed to determine the mechanisms by which these beverages reduce burn for instance partitioning due to fat binding by protein or sucrose anas i didn't even analgesia analgesia and this analgesia acting as a pain relief yeah, I know what it means. I didn't think about how to say that word before I put it in my notes. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry for my Didn't mean to. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and so I just want to explain this figure a little bit more. It's a comparison using a repeated measures ANOVA, comparing room temperature water to all the other conditions. So that's what the room temperature water is in gray, mm-hmm. because they're comparing just rinsing your mouth with water or just drinking water to all of these. Mm-hmm. And so obviously water is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But skim milk, Kool-Aid, and whole milk are better than what? just water. Wow. So That's great news. Mm-hmm. The second article looked at mouth rinsing, not drinking, and compared various temperature conditions between 5 and 20 degrees Celsius, sucrose solution concentrations between 5 and 20% sucrose, and milk fat levels, including sweetened milks. And they tried 5% ethanol. Okay. So they kind of tried a whole bunch of different remedies. What they did is they had depending on the trials they had different trials yeah. and between 17 and 20 participants had a capsaicin solution placed in their mouths for 15 seconds okay. they rinsed for 15 seconds and then rinsed um various solutions uh and monitored their mouth burn intensity over five minutes and the way that they did this is apparently they had a little joystick yeah and they put it to one side for it like to be super hot and one side for it to be not hot at all and they moved the joystick depending on how they were feeling <laughs> that's cute and so that's why it was temporal is there's these these graphs of um 
mm-hmm. measurements over time of the averages of all the participants. Okay. And so these researchers found that a 10% sucrose solution at 20 degrees Celsius and whole milk at 5 degrees Celsius were equally effective. Mm. While the 5% ethanol was no more effective than water at 20 degrees Celsius. So alcohol didn't work. Ethanol was not effective. Mm-hmm. But these researchers also found that sugar water and whole milk uh, worked really well. Wow. Yeah. And so I wanted to see what their rationale was for why sucrose was uh, so effective. And I'm just going to quote them. It's a bit of a long quote, but I'm going to quote them here because I think it, it ends quite funny. They say, Consistent reduction of mouth burn by sucrose could be related to one or more of the following phenomena. Sucrose competitively inhibits binding of capsaicin to chemoreceptors. Sucrose causes the secretion of protein-rich saliva, which forms a protective coating. Mm. Sweet gustatory stimulation inhibits oral irritation by inhibition of substance P release at the receptor site. Mm -hmm. Sucrose stimulates the pleasure center in the CNS. Sucrose stimulates, uh, stimulates the release of endogenous opiates. Mm-hmm. Sucrose causes distraction, thus diffusing the irritative sensation at lower CNS, limbic, thalamus, or higher CNS, mm-hmm. sensory cortex. And or the context effect of sweetness makes one feel good. <laughs> and I, so I think they basically just said, they covered all the we bases. don't know, but here's some educated guesses. Yeah, here's some educated guesses. Pick your um, favorite reason. Exactly. I think mine is that it makes me feel good. So Good. Did, um, did the so, raspberry sugar water make you feel good? It did make me feel good. I think it could have been sweeter, uh, but I made it as a 10% solution because I wanted to try and replicate the findings of this paper. Are you sure it all dissolved properly? Yeah. Yeah. Run it through the HPLC. (laughs) Make sure. Yeah, maybe maybe I should, yeah, I should verify that it actually is a 10% solution. Mm -hmm. So what actually is happening then when we ingest capsaicin? Well, capsaicin activates a receptor that is in our cell membrane called Trip V1. Yeah. Now I'm sure both of you have heard of Trip V1. I have. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying, Bob. I'm sure. Of no, I actually Trip V1. <laughs> I actually have not heard of Trip V1. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Trip V1 stands for Transient Receptor Potential Cation Channel Subfamily Five Member One. Five being in Roman numeral V, and it is the primary, or it's primarily used in the detection and regulation of body temperature. Mm-hmm. So, trip V1 can be activated by a number of things, including temperature greater than 40 th- 43 degrees Celsius, acidic conditions, capsaicin, and allyl isothionocyanate, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But what this means practically is that capsaicin is activating a protein that your body interprets as, wow, this temperature is greater than 43 degrees Celsius. This is hot. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first learned about capsaicin and its mechanism, that kind of blew my mind that when you feel like your mouth is on fire, it's because your body thinks there is actually heat going on yeah. in your mouth yeah. or wherever capsaicin is activating this protein. Mm-hmm. So I love that. It's super cool. Like, I, there are times where, you know, you're eating the hot thing and what's it called? You start sweating and like you're really are yeah. pers- like acting Your body's like trying to dispel the heat by sweating. Exactly. That's why you yeah. sweat. But you're fine. Wild. <laughs> you know, it's not going to help but the capsaicin <laughs> You're not fine, but yeah. it's not it's not a good strategy to get rid of yeah. it. <laughs> and so with prolonged exposure, trip V1 can actually become desensitized, as I kind of talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, because it's a calcium ion channel. Mm-hmm. And so once all of the extracellular calcium is used up, um, trip V1 activity decreases. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was interesting. I didn't dive into this too much because I didn't think there was much evidence for it or research on it. But this is- milk has a lot of calcium in it. Oh. And so wouldn't introducing more calcium into the area where a calcium ion channel is increase activation of that? Like make your mouth more hot when you drink milk. I don't know. I would say it depends on what else is in the environment, but that depends. True. And I also think maybe the amount of calcium that's in milk is not significant enough. Like it's a good source of calcium, but it's not enough. It's a mediocre source of calcium, okay? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's only a good source Um, of calcium once it gets to your gut where you're like specifically absorbing calcium. Like I don't think the relative concentration of calcium in milk is very high. Yeah. Right. Spinach destroys it. Compared to like protein or fats in it. Yeah. So anti-milk gang. I wanted <laughs> anti-milk lobby. Um, what organ? I wanted to poll you guys because mm-hmm. I had a hypothesis about this, and then 
found out the answer. Okay. Um, what organ do you think has cells with the highest expression of trip V1? What organ? What organ? I'm saying you're in lower intestine. Lower intestine? Okay. <laughs> For, watch the last episode if you want to know why I think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say your skin. Sienna, you're going to say skin? Yeah. All right. Slash I'm going to show you a... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to show you a figure from the Human Protein Atlas. I thought it would be the tongue and esophagus, but the Human Protein Atlas uh, disagrees. It's the liver. Oh, everything is expressed. (laughs) What the hell? So, again, this is also going to be on our social media, um, and I think it's really interesting because the tongue is way down at the end of the scale, and Mm. it has about about the same expression as the gallbladder or the tonsil. Um, which is much, like, those are much lower than I thought. Does this have any other functions in other places? Because you said it's a calcium ion channel. Like, is it really only responsible for heat and that's it? Like, uh, TRIP-V1 is also primarily involved in the detection and regulation of body temperature, but also noxious stimuli, mm-hmm. like toxins. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it in the liver, I'm, it is kind of a post hoc justification, but, mm-hmm. um, it seems to make sense that you want to have these receptors that are able to detect potential toxins mm-hmm. in that are in your blood and in the liver. So, but I think it's also important um, to point out that even if you had it in your liver and it got to your liver, you would never feel it be, unless it's expressed on a neuron. It has course, to be expressed on a neuron to be felt. Yeah, and this is this is just protein. Well, again, this is just RNA expression, yeah. which gets translated into proteins but um when it's on a neuron that's when we feel it Mm -hmm. um so as i said it kind of makes sense that uh the liver maybe has a lot of expression of trip v1 because it's dealing with noxious stimuli Mm -hmm. um but it is not the only protein that is involved in chemical irritant detection Mm -hmm. there is another one called terpa one TRPA1. I'm going to call it TERPA1. I like that. And TERPA1 detects another spicy compound called allyl isothiocyanate, which I said that I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. And now I will mention it. <laughs> so, Living up to expectations. <laughs> Somatic right transitions. Yeah. So um, capsaicin is not the only compound that is involved in spice. I mean, we were talking about other capsaicinoids, but there's this other class of compounds um, and one of them is allyl isothiocyanate, also known as mustard oil. Oh, and mustard God. oil oh. is responsible for the spice in mustard and wasabi and radishes horseradish. and horseradish. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. So the spice, yeah, the spice that's in wasabi and mustard and things is actually a different chemical compound. Like it's a completely different spice yeah. and activates a different receptor. And, wow. I, I, you know, I've had so much wasabi. I've just never considered it as like a different yeah. thing. I'm just like it's hot, so it's it's hot. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> horseradish was different, but I mm-hmm. never thought about it. So, I also didn't really think about the fact that there can be other compounds that cause spice, um, and then I found out about mustard oil, and I found this paper called "The Capsaicin Receptor Trip V1 Is a Crucial Mediator of the Noxious Effect of Mustard Oil." It was published in Current Biology. Uh, February 2011 and I'm going to completely gloss over a lot of what they did in the study but it's very interesting and yeah essentially their uh, uh, summary their findings are that and I'm quoting them now it has been recently proposed that Terpa 1 is an ancient sensor for noxious reactive electrophiles such as mustard oil being conserved over hundreds of millions of years our data strongly suggests that, at least in mammals, TRIP-V1 plays a redundant function in the detection of mustard oil, which may also be the case for allicin, ammonia, and nitrous oxide. As a wide-spectrum detector of plant-produced irritants, TRIP-V1 is likely to be involved in mechanisms of directed deterrence that shape the co-evolution of multiple plant and animal species. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, people thought, scientists thought that TRIP-V1 
uh, Turpa 1 was kind of an old version of Trip V1, and Mustard Oil uh, was only activated by Turpa 1. What these researchers found, and what I'm going to show you another figure, is their research, which I think the most compelling one is the mouse plots, but that's because I like to look at pretty pictures. <laughs> um, Don't we all? Mm-hmm. This will be on our social media too. If you look at C, if we focus in on C here, mm -hmm. these are walking paths of mice yep. that had either Turpa 1, Trip V1, both or neither. Mm -hmm. And the orange circle in the bottom left corner is a pot of uh, capsaicin, or sorry, mustard oil oh. water. And the water, uh, the, the blue in the top right is just plain water. And you can see the wild-type mice wander around a bit, they try the spicy water, and then they basically hang out near the good water. Yeah. But the uh, knockouts, both... When, when Trip V1 is knocked out, but Turpa is left, they kind of do similar behavior. When Turpa is knocked out and Trip V1 remains, they also kind of do the similar behavior. It's only when both of these yeah. proteins are knocked out do they not taste the spiciness of the spicy mustard oil water? This is a very nice, very convincing yeah. mouse data. You're right. I like it. Data they also have figures of, of um, time spent in the corners mm -hmm. or consumed volume of water, but it, but it all basically points to the fact that when you have either of these receptors, you can still sense the spiciness of mustard oil, but when you don't have both of them, that's when you can't tell yeah. if something is spicy. Mm -hmm. At least in mice. But probably the same in humans. Yeah, at we'll least never know, but probably. <laughs> so I thought that was just another cool paper I came across while looking at other spicy things. Very cool. But yeah. one of the biggest breaking news things in this story is that the most recent 2021 Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine was awarded to David Julius and Ardim Pataputian for their discoveries of thermal and mechanical transducers. Yes. Now, I did not know about this before deciding to do an episode on capsaicin. Okay. But the 2020, the most recent 2021 Nobel Prize was awarded uh, to two researchers, and one of them, Dr. David Julius, was looking at Trip V1. Yeah. Cool. He discovered Trip V1. So yeah. on topic. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know, right? And so the way that uh, Dr. Julius and his research group basically found Trip V1 um, was that they created a library of genes that were found in dorsal root ganglion neurons, mm -hmm. and they expressed these in cells that don't normally respond to capsaicin. Yep. If you're a biochemistry nerd and you want to know what the cells are, they're HECT-293 cells. And so what they did is they, they took these cells, they don't normally express capsaicin receptors, no. or they don't respond to capsaicin, mm -hmm. um, and then they took the genes that are found in neurons and expressed them in these cells mm -hmm. and saw which ones responded to capsaicin. And after several rounds of screening, they found a single clone encoding the TRPV1 channel, and this was identified in 1997. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the first... TRPV channel to be identified. Yeah. So this kind of opened up the field of thermosensing and capsaicin sensing mm -hmm. and stuff. So I thought that was a very fascinating tie-in to today's episode is the 2021 yeah. Nobel Prize in Physiology and That's Medicine. So cool. Congrats to them. <laughs> and so uh, to finally round out this uh, very heated discussion <laughs> that we've been having today. Are we going to cool um, it off? Actually, if I'm being honest, I uh, I am feeling a little bit warm, and I think it's the, the hot pepper Still? thing. Oh, no. It's hitting my liver now. My liver's <laughs> responding. So, yes, Sienna, I, we're going to cool things down, and I want to briefly talk about the opposite effect, because menthol produces a similar but opposite effect in the mouth of a cooling sensation. Mm -hmm. And so... Just briefly, uh, the receptors responsible for this are different. They're TRM8, TRPM8, term 8 I don't know how to say that. Cool, like trip, trip V1, M. but trip M8. And they're activated at temperatures less than 26 degrees Celsius. So again, it's a similar kind of thing. If there's menthol in something that you're eating or, or tasting, um, it your body's responding to it as if 
it's less than 26 degrees Celsius. Um, but cold sensation may also actually be mediated by Terpa-1, the one that activates by mustard oil. And so this evidence comes from a paper called How Cold Is It? TRMP, uh, TRPM8 and Terpa-1 in Molecular Logic of Cold Sensation by David McKemmy in Molecular Pain, published January 2005. And the reason I bring this paper up mm -hmm. is because back in 2015, Sienna and I were both on exchange and both in a molecular biology course. Actually, a biochemistry and course, in fact. Oh, sorry. Yes, it was a biochemistry course. Uh, it was called MOBA. And there was a culminating project that had a really weird story about our professor eating hot food and then putting menthol in his fries. And you yes. remember that, Sienna? <laughs> yeah. So, so I went back. Huh. I went back and I found my assignment. Oh my god! And we had to do a blast search, and we had to do all sorts of like yeah. uh, different uh, protein stuff. But I just wanted to read this quote uh, from my assignment: Terpa one and TRPM eight are key players in the perception of cold sensations. Further research is needed on the activity range relationship and activating compounds of the TERPA-1 and TRMP-8 receptors. However, it is understandable that these cooling receptors help to combat the hot effects from the homologue TRP-V1. Perhaps this is why Associate Professor Gustafsson sprayed menthol on his spicy Thai food. He wanted to activate the cooling receptors in his mouth and combat the heat. With further research in the area of the cold thermal perception, someday it may be possible to develop a spray that eliminates the spicy heat without adding a minty flavor. You'll be able to have your spice and eat it too. Beautiful. I was such a nerd back then. <laughs> those, those professors uh, such put so much effort into those course assignments. Right. I know. He wrote a whole yeah. story. Yeah, and, it, and we had to pick a part of it and then find a paper that, like, discussed of the story i found actually my critical reflection on other students papers oh man <laughs> and one of them talked about capsaicin yeah um so yeah anyway that is our hot and cold yes and no up and down episode today uh, i do have a quiz for you if you are ready i'm Always. always ready all right um um let's hear your buzzer sound uh, first of all it's gonna be like, like, <laughs> like, okay. like a Michael Jackson type of move there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, Sienna? Hmm. Mine is going to be ouch because it's hot. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I like these buzzer sounds. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. How can you convert the heat of a chili pepper from Scoville heat units into parts per million of capsaicin? Ouch. Oh, I heard first. It's one, it's one of those 50-50s again. Well, it was multiplied by 16. It's a I'm sorry, that's Damn it! incorrect. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yes, Sienna. You said parts per million, not parts per million of heat. Correct. I said oh. parts per million to... No, you said Scoville heat units to parts per million. Yes. So yes. divide by 16. Yes, I'm sorry, Om. Um, <laughs> that's okay. If you're converting from huh? Scoville heat units to PPM... You divide by 16. That was tricky because yeah, that wasn't said explicitly. Tricky. Exactly. You had to, you had to think, about, think that about it. I also, I feel bad because you earlier, you yeah. wanted to correct it and you said the other things. It's okay. So. All right. Question two. You, you went back. Question two. Question two. What scientifically is the best way to beat the heat of capsaicin? Ouch. So, uh, oh, man. Go oh, ahead. Oh, I heard Sienna first. Um, scientifically, probably whole milk or sugar water. Sucrose solutions. Or okay. skim milk, yes. honestly, based on the one paper. The other paper. You are, you are correct. You can add can something on. a quarter on. point for casein? Casein? <laughs> you know what? I will give you a half point. Oh, my God. I feel good. A whole good. half point. Let's go. Homo, homo points. <laughs> Love right. it. They should try protein shakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Um, hey, if there, are more, if there are more researchers out there that would like to dive into the world of heat perception and, yeah. There's, it's an untapped we'll world. We'll support you emotionally. Yeah. Cannot we financially. cannot support you in any other no. way. No. <laughs> Final question to uh, um, maybe bring it up. Um, when was the first Trip V channel discovered? It was in Hat. Oh, I know the cells. 
<laughs> you know the cells. Do you know what year it was discovered? Ah. <laughs> the most depressing. <laughs> yes. Ah. Nine, yes, was huh? it 96? Oh, I'm close. You're Damn. close, okay. Sienna. 95? Oh, you're further away. It was 97. I'm giving the point to Ong. Yeah. I'll take a half. Wait, right. I'll take a half for a tie. <laughs> I didn't even realize that you said the year. Honestly, I had no... I don't have no memory of that happening. <laughs> I, I tune out as soon as yours are said. One. I have no history <laughs> yeah. capacity. Well, that's my episode today. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And thank you, Om and Sienna, for being such good sports and ingesting a whole bunch of hot peppers. Guinea pigs, almost. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Please uh, let us know what your favorite heat remedy is on our social medias, at NotYetADR on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can email us, phd32b at gmail.com. I am Alistair. I'm Om. I'm Sienna. And we hope you have enjoyed listening and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.